Thank you for downloading this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We pray that you receive encouragement from the study of God's Holy Word and that you will grow in the faith and understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to start, and I want to ask if, if uh, I want to ask a question. Let's just have fun for a minute. How many of you in your past, I have it, you either, you can still identify in this way, but you would say you were or you are Lutheran. All right, that's a pretty good showing of hands. You were or you are Episcopalian. None. Presbyterians. Methodist. Well, I'm really a lot of goose eggs. Let's, this one's going to be an easy one. Catholic. Yeah, big Catholic group. Baptist. Got a few. Church of God in Christ. None. I thought there'd be at least one or two in there. How about uh, Assembly of God? Yep, a few hands there. So most of us come from these different backgrounds, and I'm sure that there's some I did not mention. I I know, uh, although I'm looking to see if he's here now, we have a Jehovah's Witness in our group, a former Jehovah's Witness in our group. We've got all kinds of different backgrounds here. Some who grew up in a place they never, ever, you may have never gone to church of any type in any way, but here we are this morning. Pretty good for us. One thing that I think is most interesting to consider across all of those denominations and, and, and where we are today is singing. Just singing. And how each group feels about singing. Obviously, singing, music is, is personal for everybody. I'm sure some of you like, well, let's do this. Let's have fun for a minute. How many of you, if you could turn on the radio and listen to music right now, you would pick country music? Country and or western. We got a couple hands. How about, a, by the way, I really like country music for about a minute coming back from a trip out of the country. And I'm not, I mean it. I love it for about a minute. It's, it's because I identify, to me, it's, it's totally an American sound. So, you know, if you're on an airplane, you can turn the channels to the radio in the airplane, and you pick up, like, country. For me, I'll listen to, I don't even know the songs, you know. There'll be a country song, like, ah, I'm going back to America. Grease and burgers and roads I know and those types of things. So that's country. Rock and roll, you identify. If you could turn on rock and roll. Motown. I got some hands with Motown. Uh, hip-hop. Classical. Jazz. Okay, I'm doing good. A lot of these hands. We have our different tastes in music, and, you know, when we come together, like this morning, we come from this wide range of backgrounds in what we know about music or singing. And that's what I want to focus on this morning is singing. And what the Bible says about singing, I don't want to talk about the wide range of music or instruments in music so much. But I do want to talk about what the Bible says in singing. <clears throat> the problem with this is the Bible says so much about singing. Knowing how to narrow it down for just a sliver of time is very difficult. Uh, and I, I really want to point out something the Bible doesn't say. I've heard a lot of people tell me about what the Bible says about singing or music when they see the word worship in the scripture. So if we open our Bible today, right now, for example, and we saw where it said worship the Lord, that doesn't mean a song. That just means worship the Lord. We can worship the Lord in attitude. We can worship the Lord in deed. We can worship the Lord in words, or we can worship the Lord in song. The word worship doesn't always mean sing. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at just sing. Are you with me? What we know, or some of what we know in the scriptures, what they say about singing. And again, I'm trying to consolidate a lot. And I, I was, I've been looking at, you know, I originally started working on this, and I saw, I had all of these slides. I mean, slide, 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 slide. 
scriptures to look at. And I thought, this is crazy. We can look at slides all morning long without me saying a word, which maybe is good. But I, I consolidated it on. We just have two slides today. Just two. All this to say about singing, we got it squeezed into two slides. So my point is, stay with me. Okay? Stay with me. Just singing. And I'm very sensitive to the fact that some of us, or some of you, we all kind of came from different backgrounds. And what we know from that background on singing might be different. And I just want to compare it all to the scriptures and let the scriptures teach us moving forward. You with me? All right, let's go, Mike. Sing. Making melody in your hearts. Now, I know this first one doesn't have the word sing in it. But I thought what I wanted to point out was there was a heart connection to the melody. Sing a new song to the Lord. This is a, this is, these are the Lord just telling us, sing, 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 sing. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing a new song. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. How good to sing praises to our God. By the way, singing, I should say this, just for clarity, we're talking about singing to the Lord here. And this, I really, this next verse has, it's just something to think about and look forward to. It says, from the book of Revelation, at the end of it all, and on it stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast and his statue and the number representing his name. They were all holding harps that God had given them. Boy, now we could bring in instruments, I suppose. And they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, the song of the Lamb. What are they doing at the end? They're singing. Uh, Zephaniah. I really love this verse. It's God singing over us. We sing. He wants us to sing. He tells us to sing. We know at the end there will be singing for him. But there's also a time that he sings over us. The difference is when God sings over us, things happen. When we sing, it's our thoughts and our feelings. And we sing. When God sings, when God speaks, things happen from his very word. He sings over us. If we stopped, we could stop and just just think about God singing over us, and we could make a whole sermon just out of that. He wants us to sing, and he sings over us. That's a heavy, that really, it's one of those things when I'm in my own quiet time with God, and I think about him singing over us, it really gets my attention. That almighty God would choose to sing over me, over you. Heavy. So, Singing is a mixed mixed bag in church. Um, And I'm just just thinking about this from a lighthearted perspective. When we come to church, you know, sometimes we're not in the mood to sing, or we're excited to sing. Or some services, there's not, in some churches, there's not even much singing at all. But when God gave us singing, he gave us something very special. And for years, there's been lots and lots and lots of studies that have gone on over just a relatively recent period of time, but lots and lots of studies specifically connected to singing. Music, but singing specifically. And they're finding more and more that there's tremendous effects to singing, benefits to singing for the human body. And I want to I kind of speak to this just real lightly, but it's good for us to know. 2008, there was a McLean study that was done, and they found of all types of singing, singing in the shower, singing in a car, singing as a group, of all types of singing, the people who benefited the most were choral singers, singing as part of a group. That's how they identified choral singing as part of a group. And we qualify as that, because they said 
if you're in a group and there's a leader, and today we had a leader, we had uh, the band who would lead us at different times and we would, they would have us repeat a section and they would move on to a new song. If we're in a large group and somebody led us and we had to pay attention to know when to go, we had to pay attention to know when to stop and, and when to pause. If we, had to pay, if we had to pay attention as part of a large group, we qualify as a choral singer. And we are benefited the most from our singing, which is interesting. So when we come together on a Sunday morning or for a special worship night, like on the 24th of April for our church worship night, we are benefited the most. That's important to know. So the things that when we talk about singing as a group, there's a different value than singing individually. One, something else that was discovered. Um, there's evidence that music, now this isn't singing, but I want to get a sense of how early this starts, that music impacts us from the womb. And there's lots of evidence. There's a positive impact from music from the time that a baby is just in the womb. Singing, <clears throat> excuse me, at young ages can teach us language and values. I mentioned this to Mark Oldman, and he, he said, yeah, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I'm like, oh, yeah, right, yeah. Anybody learn, learn that song? You know that song? Right, it works, right? You teach your children that song, any of you moms and dads. As we get older, singing helps us prevent language problems. So as we age, there can be language challenges connected to getting older, and continuing to sing can help prevent those challenges. And also, it can reinforce the values that we knew. So singing young teaches them, singing older reinforces them. That's pretty cool. There's evidence that uh, singing has begun to be used aggressively in therapy to treat, well, for special needs groups, but also for Alzheimer's. There's whole singing programs to help Alzheimer's patients. I could go on. There's, multiple, there's other groups who are using singing as a therapy as well, but the Alzheimer's one is relatively new, and it's taking place that they're actually stopping uh, certain medication use at certain times, for Alzheimer's patients who are going through this singing therapy. And it's having wonderful effects. Um, singing is, is, is a little bit different. It also has another value, different than logic. So when I come up and I speak on a Sunday, uh, I, it connects to that logic part of our brain. We take the information in, we process it, and we go, okay, yeah, yeah. Singing does something different. Singing connects not, it, it connects our logic part but also our creative part, our emotions part, it connects all parts of the brain. So when we sing what we believe in the Lord, we're not just singing the fact, we're not just singing logic, we're, we're singing what we believe emotionally, creatively. It's connecting all those sections. It, it puts a dimension on what we're saying and what we believe in a whole different way. All parts of our brain. For some of us, it's a miracle that we have more than one part of a brain. I'm very, I'm very logic-driven. So when I sing, I know that there's things, there's things happening in my brain. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's good. By the way, this is an aside. This is an intentional aside. I'm doing this on purpose. But I was going through this message and singing, and I want to share something. You know, God wants, he likes emotion. He really does. He made us to be emotional beings. And when he gives us singing, he really gives us something special. I, there was a Baptist pastor, a very, very well-known Baptist pastor, and I'm saying this for full credit to him, but although I don't want to mention his name. And he used to preach very ardently against raising hands in worship. 
He, he believed that it, draw, it drew too much attention to self, that it was a sign that I was like a, it was like a rock show for that person. You know, look at me, look at me, look at me. And he was at a prayer meeting for, in his congregation, and they were just praying, and they decided to open with a few worship songs. So they start to sing, and he had his eyes closed, and he was singing the worship songs, and uh, he opened his eyes somewhere through these worship songs, and he saw that his hands were up, and he didn't remember putting them up. Now what does he do? <laughs> so he switched, and now he preaches that it's okay to raise your hands. It's okay, somewhere in that time. And he, said, he started to look at the scriptures about it. And uh, for example, the scripture that says, let my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting of my hands, the evening sacrifice. He also, I read this from him, by the way. This is all, everything I told you is something he wrote himself. Uh, he, uh, 1 Timothy 2, I desire that in every place that men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Psalm 63, 4, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift my hands. He started looking at this, and then there's other segments too. For example, if we would go back at some of the old temple sacrifices, there were some services that they would lift hands and they would wave. So hands have always been a very important part of worship. Somewhere along the line, people stopped lifting their hands in worship. I don't know why that is, but they stopped doing it, and it became so normal to not lift hands. When people lift hands, they think they're doing something odd. But the intention was hands. A handsy worship. I thought that was very good. Emotion is okay. You know, well, I'll share other, other, effects to, other effects to singing. Other benefits. When a group of people sing, like us, they know, they found evidence that there's a sense of identity that's built. You want to be part of a community? Sing with the community. Sing with the community. Oops, I lost my page. When we sing, endorphins are released. Now, this is very significant. Endorphins, so chemicals in our body are released. By the way, I had a, and, and most of you know this, I've shared this a couple times. My brother and I, uh, we ran with the bulls in Pamplona this, this uh, summertime. We, last summer, we flew to Pamplona with our wives, and we ran with the bulls. And I got to tell you, there was a big chemical release when I ran. I don't have to amplify on that, do I? I remember, I remember hearing the sound of this cowbell. Ding, 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 ding. Because the bulls were cowbells. Hallelujah for those cowbells. They said they're coming soon, you know. And I remember hearing the sound of the cowbell, and then I, I remember running, and I didn't hear any sound after that. There was no sound. There was nothing. There was no panic sound. I heard screaming with the cowbells, and then, then there was no, nothing at all. The chemicals in my body really affected my thinking as I pushed through the crowd and knocked people over. <laughs> so with singing, there is a chemical release of endorphins. Our stress levels, this is interesting, our stress levels go lower. Energy, energy increases. You know, have you ever felt like, I'm too tired to sing? If you sing, you'll get energy. Isn't that backwards? But it's true. It's the way it works. Our stress levels increase. Our heart benefits. Our immune system get, gets a type of a boost. And, uh, uh, and singing also serves as a type of antidepressant. Wow. Feeling bad? Sing. 
And finally, when we get to singing, we get out of singing what we put into singing. And this is very important. If we would come to church and we would sing like this, praise you, God. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We get a little benefit of, of it because that's what we did, did a little bit of singing. If we come to church and we cut loose and we don't think about the people next to us and we don't think so much about what's going on around us and we don't think about the week that we have coming ahead of us, if we just sing, then we get more benefit. Little singing, little benefit. Big singing, big benefit. That's pretty cool. There's lots of evidence for that. Let's look at the next slide, Mike. Look at this. Look at this. We're already halfway through. So we know that, that God gave us by the way, think about this for a minute. If we take all those benefits, stress relief, sense of identity, fighting depression, if we take all those benefits and we apply to, to groups of people that sang in the Bible, it puts a different spin on things. For example, Jehoshaphat led his army out and he had him singing before the war. How do you think they felt singing? It takes the edge off the stress. It provides an energy. It declares who they're with. They're with God. They're gods. Or what about Paul and Silas when they're thrown in jail and they're singing? I can't imagine they felt great being thrown into jail. But when they're singing, it takes the edge off the problems. It takes the edge off the anxiety. God makes us this way. It's not as though singing is something that we people invented. God made us hardwired to benefit from singing, and especially from singing to him. Singing is a blessing that he gave us. Think of this. It's a weapon that he gave us. There's a lot of people who watch what they eat and they, and they work out. If we sing, we're doing just as much as if we did those things in a different kind of way. And the nice thing about singing is we're declaring him while we do it. If I work out, I'm just working out. Right? If I sing to him, what am I doing? I'm declaring him. I'm reminding myself of the things that he is and who he is and what he's done in my life. So, <clears throat> I like these. These are a little bit different. These, this perspective on singing are either special songs or special things that happen during songs. Isaiah sang a prophecy. Imagine that. So we had a word today. Imagine if we would start to sing our words. And God will wipe you from the earth. <laughs> and he will crush you for not listening. You know, Isaiah saying a prophecy. That's something. Uh, music singing drove away the evil spirit from King Saul. So Saul was afflicted and tormented, the Bible says, with his evil spirit. David would take out his harp and play and sing, and the, and the, and the music would drive away the evil spirit. There was something to music having a, a value to that atmosphere. You know what I'm talking about? You ever walk in a place and somebody turns music on, all of a sudden the whole atmosphere just changes? They did an experiment at Central, well, sort of an experiment at Central Station, uh, a train station in New York. And they started playing, this was years ago, they started playing um, classical music. And they, their intent was to have the crowds mellow down and not be so aggressive with one another. You know, they're trying to get in the trains first. And so they, they started to play it. And what they found was, not only did the crowds start acting a little more nicely to each other, the atmosphere changed, but they found there were also less robberies and muggings. That's a pretty good, pretty good benefit. A traveling group of prophets had musicians with them. This is something that we don't think much about. Here's this group of prophets just cruising along, doing their thing, and they've got musicians with them. They would sing 
while they moved, doing their prophetic thing back then. 144,000. So in the end times, there's a special 144,000 set aside for, by God. Set aside. And, and not only do they have their group, but they're given a special song that only they will learn. Don't you think that's interesting that God would take the time to set aside a group and also give them a special song? Singing directly, uh, excuse me, I feel like I'm going to sneeze. You know that feeling? Singing directed by God to be used as a reminder. God tells Moses, teach the people this song. And he gives them words. You want to know what the words are? Read Deuteronomy 31. Teaches them the words so they will always remember. I've heard, you know, I've heard preachers a long time ago, not, well, not that long ago, say that having repetition in a song is a bad thing. It honors the devil. What? Isn't it what you're repetitious about? If I'm repetitious for God, I think he's okay with that. Don't you? We are, to sing for, we are to sing for people that don't know him. Now, it says that in the Bible, but think about it. There's a testimony in how we sing for God. People who don't know God can be blessed. Now, I was sharing this with somebody just yesterday, and I was talking about singing with people, and she started to tell me of something that happened in her life. She lives in a side-by-side kind of an apartment, townhouse thing, and she was playing piano or playing music, and she was singing very loudly. She said, I sing very loudly, not very well, but very loudly, and I was singing about God for some period of time, some months. Finally, her neighbors came over one day and said, we can hear you um, all this time in from your singing, we decided that we want to go to church with you. She must be a pretty good singer. (laughs) You see where I'm going with this? Even the words that we sing can be a testimony for God. People who don't know him can hear, and they can learn. And that's what David says. We are to sing because of our joy. Have you ever been in a good mood? It's easy to sing, amen? But also, we're to sing to get joy. Think about that. You ever come to service and you're like, I'm not in the mood to sing. Here we go. Just get to the preaching. I don't want to sing. That's, again, when we are to sing. When we have joy and when we need joy. This is crazy. He made us. God, our creator, made us in a way that singing, we can use it to to just say, thank you so much. Or we can use it to say, we need you so much. Singing again, again, it's a wonderful weapon for us in life. All of us are wired with music connection. All of us. There's some speculation as to why this is, and there's a lot of atheists and agnostics, people who are in the scientific community, and the the strongest argument out there is that it's a part of a mating ritual. That's why we're all connected to music. I, gotta, I struggle with that one because I, then I don't know why babies in the womb are so affected by it. Because I think they've got a long ways to go before they mate. I don't know. He makes us this way. You know, we come together every week. We spend a big part of our service dedicated, we say, to worship. But another way, if we wanted to, we could say to singing to the Lord. Because he clearly made us to sing and to benefit from singing. It's not a church invention. I'm not ashamed of, of, of singing, although if you hear me sing, you might be ashamed of my singing. But we, we do this 
for him. It's a wonderful, it, it's, have you ever come to service and sung and felt great afterwards? You know, it's, I always think it's funny when people come and they'll say, well, I didn't want to sing, but by the end of it, I felt better. Yeah, because that's how God made you. To come together, to sing, and to feel better at the end of it. You had a terrible week? Great, let's sing. Let's do it. Singing is a good thing. And I want to encourage you with it. You know, I, and I know a little bit, I, I recognize that I'm preaching to the choir. No puns intended. <laughs> and I know that you understand that singing is a good thing, but I just want to reinforce it. And I just want to say, regardless of the denominational background you have, or regardless of what style of music you listen to, our God made us singing creatures. And he made us to get effects, positive effects when we sing and when we shout out to him. Amen? Amen. So please stand up if you would. And we're going to close in prayer. Thank you, God, for making us with this wonderful, wonderful tool. We thank you for the benefits in our life. And Lord, we look as a church to always use these benefits to honor you, to lift you up. We shout out who you are, Lord. You are our God. You've made us in this way, and we're so grateful. Thank you for all that you do in our lives, God. Thank you for the blessings of everybody here that you brought us together, that you've created us as a group to know you. God, I pray for your blessings on them. As they all go in, in their separate ways this week, I pray for a good fellowship today and a good sense of everybody here to, to understand more of you and more deeply of you, who you are and what you have for them. Thank you, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you again for downloading and listening to this message from Grace Christian Fellowship. We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you are looking for a church to call home or would like to visit us for one of our services, please visit our site at gracecf.us for our location and service times. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.